0: What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ.
1: Hope to me was more of an escapism kind of hope, you know, the, the, of I just want to escape the world and hide, you know, wait for the return of Christ. In the 1800s, many churches were built out of, you know, they built them out of wood because they thought, well, Lord's coming soon, so we're just going to wait and just go with him. And I realized that that kind of hope almost seems narcissistic to me, that there has to be more to hope than, than just that. If, if I can't have hope in this world now, what's the point? You know, what's the point in waiting for hope when I'm dead? You know, and and so, so there's this, what the Bible calls a living hope.
0: Welcome to this episode of the Limitless Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Todd. We continue the series Hope Rising that are leading to the World Missions Alliance Conference in Branson, Missouri, March 29th, 30th, and 31st. The theme is Hope Rising. Hope is an interesting subject and one that is not as transparent as it may seem. Even for Christians, what is it exactly that we're placing our hope in? To answer this question, I'm talking with Lou Perez, the lead pastor of Destiny Christian Church in Niagara Falls, New York. In our conversation, Lou shares how God has sharpened his understanding of hope, and we discuss what it looks like practically To place our hope in Christ. Hello, Lou. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit Podcast.
1: Glad to be with you, Helen.
0: You are there in one of the most beautiful places uh, in America, at least, uh, Niagara Falls, and what's happening there today?
1: Well, uh, we're waiting for the ice storm to come, so we're very excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things that I would love to see is Niagara Falls frozen. What does it look like?
1: Well, everything sometimes freezes for like a circumference of maybe two miles around the falls, and all the trees look frozen in time, and and since they're colored lights, it looks amazing um at night especially. So
0: I can it's, only it's gorgeous. Imagine. and do the yeah. falls themselves actually freeze at some point?
1: They don't, but part you know, parts of, of, of the falls do freeze, like on the sides, because it gets so cold.
0: That would be a really a majestic sight. I think they're gorgeous. Well, we are gonna talk today about hope. It's a, it's really a. Very interesting subject, and it's not as transparent as it may seem at first. One of the things I've been thinking about, Lou, recently, what is it exactly as Christians that we're hoping for? Have you asked yourself that question?
1: Yes. When I was growing up, it was a much more nascent kind of hope, you know, a basic kind of hope that that said, well, I just hope to get to heaven but as you, as you get to know the Lord, and for me, it's been since 1973 that I've been saved. So probably like 10 years I've been saved. Um, so what? just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope to me was more of an escapism kind of hope. You know, the, the, of I just want to escape the world and hide, you know, wait for the return of Christ. In the 1800s, many, many churches were built out of, you know, they built them out of wood because they thought, well, Lord's coming soon. So we're just going to wait and just go with him. And I realize that that kind of hope almost seems narcissistic to me that there has to be more to hope than than just that that if i can't hope if if I can't have hope in this world now, what's the point? you know what's the point in waiting for hope when i'm dead you know and and so so there's this what the bible calls a living hope
0: I think you're right uh you know in especially in all these events that have taken place in the world recently, you know, the pandemic and all the other things. And uh, and in general, the humanity has that sense of impending doom. Uh, so, yes, one form of Christian hope is we're going to avoid all the problems because Jesus is coming. He's going to take us. And uh, my hope is that I don't have to struggle. I don't have to suffer beyond what I'm suffering now so yes, that's one kind of hope, and it's it it is prevalent. And then mm-hmm. there is another kind of hope: is okay. I just don't want to go to hell, right?
1: Right. But w- when you read the whole sweep of Scripture, including the New Testament, those are side effects of not having a relationship of hope in Christ. It's not the message, you know. You know, like I grew up saying, you know, turn or burn, you know, and that works. In the minute when when someone's afraid, we even did the play called "Heaven's Gaze and Hell's Flames." I don't know if you heard that. Oh yeah, I've
0: seen it. Even it came to our church one time, and it was very impressive. I must say, there were people who got saved just because they didn't want to end up in hell.
1: Right. And someone told me that they showed it in Africa, and some of the Africans, like when people are being thrown in hell, they 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 did a standing ovation because to them hope is justice. So so that's another element of hope. And so what I'm saying is. In this lifetime, God gives us hope. He gives us justice. In this lifetime, he gives us healings, miracles. He gives us purpose. He says, I have a gift for you to be used in this life so that, so that you can address the brokenness of the world with the, with the gift I've given you. Uh, it, it would be self-serving for me just to say, well, I'm going to wait for Jesus to return and just kind of be a Christian. That's not my purpose. Our, our, purpose, our purpose is to give people hope. That's how I see it.
0: Well, and I have to agree with you because, you know, if Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you, he didn't mean, he didn't say it in the future. He said it is among you now with his coming to earth. He brought the kingdom of God. He brought a part of heaven to earth. So what we're hoping for, because again, it seems like for the most part, the Christian hope has to do with the future, not with the present life, but with the right. life after right. death, you know, in whatever way we imagine. And we get to that part a little later. But as far as hope for this life, we seem to be a little bit not certain about what is it exactly that we're hoping for in this life but i agree with your point of view that everything that we hope for for the future the justice or a reward rather than the punishment all of that is mm-hmm. should be present for us in this in this life right. because the right. heaven and the kingdom of god is among us
1: amen and and one of the greatest scriptures on hope is christ in you the hope of glory that if that isn't hope now in the now, I don't know what hope is. You know, the fact that he's living inside us, that he's the God of this universe has chosen to condescend and live inside us through Jesus, to me is the most amazing hope any of us can have. And because that, that's hope for to live holy and, and to live right and to have purpose and, and to move in God. And so it's, it's, this is why Christianity is not really a religion. It's, it's, it's a kingdom. It's a relationship with, with the creator of the universe.
0: So, Lou, you have been a pastor for how many years? Since 1990. So in the, in the years of your pastoral ministry, have you had a shift in your perspective of hope?
1: Absolutely. Like I said, when I started ministry, it was all about dangling people over hell. And I, I came to realize that that can actually become a manipulative thing if you don't do it with the heart of God, with the love of God, you know, I mean... There's a place to talk about hell. Don't get me wrong. Hell is real because, man, if there's no hell, there's no justice, you know. Um, However, if that's our only move in ministry, we're missing something vital. Because hope is much more powerful than hell. Showing the hope of Christ that he loves us is much more powerful than Dangling some, someone over hell and showing them the consequences of, of their sins, and and this is why it's important that that people realize that that if they have Christ in them, the hope of glory, they will live right with with, with love. It won't be out of fear, you know, you know. You know, if perfect love casts out fear. In fact, right. So that's how my hope has shifted in the ministry. That we used to be called, and this is a funny story, but. When we when we first started our present church, I've pastored three churches. Uh, we started like 20 years ago. It was called Refiner's Fire Fellowship. And I felt like, you know, we were in the fire. We were, you know, kind of uh, struggling and, and going through suffering. And and there was a great song that came out during that time called Refiner's Fire. You know, I don't know if you ever heard it at the time. But then there came a point in prayer that God put in my heart, stop being identified by a process and begin identifying yourselves by my promise. And that's why we rename ourselves Destiny Christian Church, because it's a name of hope. It says that we have a purpose and a future in God, that we're not defined by the furnace or or the struggles of life or the pain of life. And that's how my hope has kind of evolved through the years and changed.
0: So what would it look like, you know, if a, if a member of your congregation came to you and you saw that he appeared hopeless or she appeared hopeless and and uh, needed needed a boost, let's say. How would you address them or help them uh, differently then and now?
1: Well, then I, I would have kind of said, well, just go pray about it. You know, we'll pray about it and all this. Now I tell them my own story of hope, you know, my own struggles. You know, if they're depressed, I talk about times where I've been depressed because I've struggled with depression through my life, you know. And I share that and say, you know what? God always brings me through. He always, he always awakens this area of my life. He always blesses here. He strengthens there. And it's more of a what he has done in me because Christ is in me, the hope of glory. And it's not necessarily a, maybe a bumper sticker answer anymore. You know, like kind of like a a pat answer that just says, well, you know, uh, the minister's book, you know, chapter three, page seven says this. It's more... This is what God is doing. We can have hope now. We don't have to die and wait to get it. We can get it right now. And I've seen people, even with cancer, dying of cancer, have hope. Because they realize that, hey, maybe, you know, I believe God for my healing and, and it may not happen. But even, even so, like the three youth, youths in the fire, if he doesn't rescue me, I'm still going to serve him. Because that's the right thing. To, to me, you, you can't defeat that kind of hope.
0: It's very true. And, you know, um, there is another form of Christian hope since we're talking about that. And maybe this is more of my hope. You know, when I accepted Christ into my heart, I bought into a whole idea of the goodness of God. What drew me, uh, you know, I accepted Christ through a gospel track. And what the word that caught my attention and kind of sold me on the whole thing was love. You know, the, what I got out of this gospel track was this God that I have not seen, but who exists. He loves me so much that he sacrificed his son for me. And I just, I just fell in love with this idea that there is a God creator who loves me so much. And once I accepted that, everything that came with this God was good. You know, like I accepted everything as good. I, I don't question, no matter what is happening around me. If, if even if I don't understand with my mind, you know, whatever God has to offer, it's good. But if you think about it, this is rather vague kind of hope. You know, it's it's yeah. I I don't question God. I trust Him explicitly. But you know, if you ask me now, I have grown since then. But you know, mm-hmm. if you ask me to define then earlier in my years of Christianity, I would have said, you know, whatever it is, I don't know exactly what is going to happen to me out after death, but whatever it is, is good. So I have matured mm-hmm. since then, spiritually, obviously, but still, let's talk about, you know, this this hope beyond death that a Christian has. Very few mm-hmm. Christians have an exact understanding of what is it specifically that we're hoping for. And let's face it, the the Bible is a bit ambiguous about uh, what mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. to us after after death specifically. So what are your thoughts on this?
1: If you go way back in history and, and you read uh, people like Epicurus, he was a philosopher that he believed that we're just made up of, you know, atoms. But he, when he said atoms, he meant something else. He meant our body has this material that's going to be destroyed someday. He said, what's the point in having any hope? Because... One day we're, we're going to disintegrate. And so, you know, and then you had people like, uh, you know, like Lord Byron that said, my life is on the yellow leaf, you know, no, no hope, no hope whatsoever. Um, but yet the ancient fathers of the church, you know, the, the first church fathers in their, in their very creeds, they always said, you know, in the sure hope of the resurrection of the body when they did their funerals. And that became standard in few funeral books, that, that God will raise the body. And that's why many, many Christians in those days, and even these days, uh, w- w- when they're buried, they're pointed east because they're waiting for Christ to come back and resurrect their body. So so this is not a new theology, you know. Uh, I think for somehow hopelessness has entered into a lot of Christian theology because of the, the idea of we're going to escape everything. So what's the point, you know? But if God really is going to raise my body, then it means I should maybe treat it well because my body is a temple. And, and I shouldn't, you know, the Bible is clear when it says, honor God with your body. It belongs to him. And, and one day he's going to resurrect it. You know? so, so, and also, so I know not all Christians believe that and that's okay. You know, it's, it's not a, a deal breaker, you know, but, but to me, it's hopeful to understand that when, when this body dies, it's not the end. That that there's much more to it and and we we could say some more so much more about that we know that you know from from so much of the the reading that we've we've done you know
0: well and you know i'm i'm uh doing a a little bit more of an in-depth study on this question again not because it changes anything in my theology but maybe it would you know if if Mm -hmm if you have you know the the ancient philosophers was it plato who said that what you think about life after death shapes entirely your life before death and affects everything right. every aspect of that and um right. so i i think that maybe um it is important Uh, to study more in depth what the word of God tells us. Um, But um, anyway, I've been in my studies, I've been uh, reading certain books that talk about, you know, the resurrection of the bodies and the uh, second uh, return of Christ as basically heaven invading earth, heaven Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. to the earth to make its dwelling. And so, That does change a lot. Now we're not talking about Mm. us being somewhere in this space that is unknown to us that we call paradise or heaven or whichever denomination has a different term for that. It's not suddenly some kind of an unknown Space, but it's here on our earth. You know, God fully right. indwelling this earth and establishing yes. this kingdom. That's a that's a different perspective, like you said. That that really impacts how we live in this life.
1: Right. It impacts our stewardship of of how we live in the world. That this world belongs to God, and we're not just uh, abdicating this world to the enemy. We're saying, hey. Um, as a foretaste of the kingdom, we're going to be the kingdom in this world until the Lord comes and transforms it and gives us the new heaven and new earth. And um, a great book I always recommend to people is called Culture Making by Andy Andy Crouch. And he talks about how how that the creation began in a garden. And then at the end of the age, when, when all things are reconciled to God at the eschaton, there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And in the city, there's going to be a garden in the middle, kind of like Central Park, you know, and and in the new heavens and new earth, there will be culture, there will be music and creativity, but it's going to be all done to God, you know, fully for his glory, always. And, and it will not be a self-serving thing, you know, but it's a very interesting, um, you know, thing to kind of make you think about it.
0: That would be definitely a shift of the perspective, you know, on, like you said, on our present life. And I'm also thinking, you know, that the entire, even if it didn't spell out, if even if the scripture didn't spell out to us exactly what it's going to look like and how it's going Mm -hmm. to be, the technicalities of it the scripture gives us so much. It gives us the structure of hope from the book of Genesis right. to the book of revelation. It empowers us with the structure for hope, which is first of all is the goodness of the creation initially, you know? Um, and I think this is the foundation of our hope for this life, not necessarily for the uh, mm-hmm. life beyond death, mm-hmm. but the initial creation was good. God, God, created it perfect, everything in it, Mm -hmm. including man, but there is a man and woman. But then there is the evil that corrupted and polluted this creation. And therefore, God had to come up with the plan of redemption. And so there is this cycle, you know, and that is before the transformation of this current earth into new heaven and new earth. There is the cycle of Basically, the cycle of death and resurrection that we see in Jesus uh, mm-hmm. where you know things go through the process of death so that they can resurrect to new life it 's the same as the time of seed time and harvest
1: wouldn't you agree absolutely and it's interesting that when Lazarus died and Martha and Mary were kind of upset with Jesus because he waited two days, that Martha took for granted that that um that Jesus spoke of of the resurrection concerning Lazarus, because in her mind he's like "Well we know he 's going to be raised someday, and that tells us that the Jews believed in the resurrection of the body, so w- why do some modern people not believe that? you know it, it really started in the eighteenth century, but that 's a long story but so it's it 's a very current kind of uh, of change of thinking, but the jews and 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 the first church and the church fathers all believed in the bodily resurrection, which to me is a hopeful thing that man that 's awesome. <laughs> It's just awesome. Mm.
0: Well, I think we're all looking forward to these new bodies that really will reveal who we are in God so much more perfectly than our current bodies. That's <laughs> right. <But>, right. <laughs> um, right. I am. Um, uh, I'm looking forward, Lou, uh, to you speaking at our um, upcoming Greater Purpose Conference. And of course, the theme of the conference is Hope Rising, just like the theme mm-hmm. of this podcast series. Um, so share with me and our listeners a little bit what God has been revealing to you in preparation for the conference.
1: I want to be sharing about uh, Isaiah 40 and 31, those who hope in the Lord. And, and You know, you might have the version that says, they who wait upon the Lord... And I'll be breaking that down, what that really means, that that hope is such a powerful thing that when you have it, everything is possible. And when you don't have it, nothing is possible. And, you know, so I, I want to stick to the theme of the conference by talking about hope, you know, and 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 how that waiting, waiting is what fuels hope and it sustains it. You know, learning how to wait on God, what, what that means in the Hebrew, you know. So I'm, I'm really excited about sharing that at the conference.
0: Ooh this is deep. Nobody likes waiting <laughs> and yet uh like you said it's very much connected with hope. Well, I am very excited uh to hear what uh what you have to share. Your messages are always so deep and insightful and so uh that's coming up in less less than a month. So uh we're Looking very excited to it. Uh, very excited to, for you to be there. So, um, in conclusion, what what will what do you want to share about with our listeners? How would you encourage them to hold on to hope?
1: Don't leave God's presence. Um, pray when you don't feel like praying, especially when you don't feel like praying. Pray because He is always there, regardless of the clouds, the spiritual clouds. You know, we know that the sun is always shining, even though if the clouds are there. And uh, your your emotions don't affirm the truth. Your mind that is renewed by the Holy Spirit is what receives that revelation and affirms the truth. And so wait for that revelation from God. Don't give up. Every day, you know, even if you just get out of bed and make make your bed, you get up and do it in Jesus' name, and then he'll give you something else to do. Do the next thing by faith. That's how I encourage people right now.
0: Have you had a moment in your life when— God really taught you and showed you how to hold on to hope?
1: Which one? (laughs) There's a few. And usually they preach well, but when you live them, you feel like you want to die, if that makes sense. But I remember when years ago, when we had uh, left a denomination and kind of transitioned out of that, it was very, very painful and difficult because you have all these relationships. And you feel hopeless because you feel rejected, and at the time, God was showing me what he was teaching me, you know, from that situation, uh, what he was teaching me. He, he, he was showing me that he was weaning me from all the voices of affirmation that I had known because I had grown too accustomed to, to that affirmation, if that makes sense. And God said, I'm, I'm weaning you from that so that I, I am your voice, I'm your affirmation. And and that transformed my life at the time. And it gave me hope because now if I hear criticism, it doesn't bother me. Because the same people who bless you can also criticize you and destroy you. A great book by a friend of mine, Bob Sorge, is, is The Praise and Affirmation of Men, or the Praise and Rejection of Men, I think. But that to me was the most hopeful thing because it it deepened my well at the time and it it, it raised my pedigree, you know, as a Christian of growing, of personal growth of of realizing that that I can preach to one person or 10,000 people doesn't matter and what they think doesn't matter anymore what what matters to me is what he thinks and who he is and that and that I was invisible you know and 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 he was visible i don't know if that makes any sense yeah it
0: definitely <laughs> does because yeah. uh you know we are created as communal creatures god created mm-hmm. man and then he created woman because He said, it is not good for man to be alone. So we depend, um, we were created to depend on each other, but Mm -hmm. it also can become an addiction. You know, it can become Mm -hmm. an addiction Mm -hmm. in a way of seeking affirmation or an addiction of being in a relationship with someone and not being able to without a relationship. So even the very, the goodness of this companionship that God gave us as the perfection of his creation, it becomes mm. corrupted by evil and it, it can turn into something that is not beneficial to us. So, but mm. we... it's one of those things that is harder to recognize because, you know, we feel like, of course, we want to hear praise and affirmation for others. Or of course, we want to be loved by others. Uh, It is a good thing. And it's sometimes harder to recognize it as a problem in our lives. And it seems Mm -hmm. like um, God took you in his grace and love towards you on this journey. But it is painful. It is very painful in the process. Mm -hmm. So as you were Going through the healing in this experience what what fueled your hope the most? Was there a certain book or maybe a certain scripture that fueled your
1: hope the most well it's a combination of things when i when I go through seasons, I always have a song that i'm listening to, and it, it, you know in those days it was probably like a It was kind of before Bethel was popular, so it wasn't anything like that, but it was more like maybe the newer Vineyard stuff. So there was a song, there was Bronzeville stuff that was coming out at the time, the Bronzeville Bible, but a song, a scripture, and just the conviction of knowing that if God has really called you to be his son or daughter, I don't mean called to the ministry, I mean salvation. He's really called you, He's, He's that he's going to bring you through. It's his job to bring you through. That you can't do what he only he can do, and 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 he won't do what he's expecting you to do, and and so you know it's it's, it's almost like a joint effort in a way that that as as the spirit speaks to you and says do this you have to respond to him that's your job, but God does the rest. And in, in the in the fifties and sixties, um, something happened in Christian culture where or preachers of big churches started talking about they, they took out the word surrender. And they started using the word commitment. And they said, commit your life to Christ. And, but the problem with that is that when I commit to something, I can commit on whatever level I want. And it leaves me in control. But if I surrender to God, he's in control. <laughs> and I belong to him. So, so, so there's this thing about if you want hope, you have to give everything you have, just give it up. Give it to him. Surrender.
0: That is really, really good. And, uh, you know, knowing a little bit the situation that uh, you mentioned when um, you had to come out of the denomination and the loss of relationship, um, and I know that you also um, experienced some injustice, you know, through this process, and so um, do you feel like the justice has come through in that situation, or that's the hope of the future?
1: At first, I looked for justice. You know, it, it was a five-year process of releasing it to God. You know, at first, you know, you're driving by the place that hurt you, and you kind of say, okay, Lord, send the fire. <laughs> you know, you, you're angry, you know. And then, like, a year later, you go, well, don't send the fire, but maybe, like, a flood, maybe, to ruin the property or something, you know. And then third year— No, I don't send that, you know, just, uh, just, you know, discipline them. By the fifth year, one day I drove by and I said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And so I didn't need, I didn't need justice. I needed to release it. And about two weeks ago, our, our men's group got together with their men's group and we had a great time. It was awesome. So God brings things around in his way but it's a long process. We we have
0: to endure. Oh, good. This is God's (laughs) justice. And this is our hope. Our hope is not for our view of justice. You know, like you said, uh, there are some people to whom justice is their enemy burning in hell. That's justice. But God's justice is you saying, God, forgive them for they not know not what they're doing when they're killing you and stoning you. That is God's justice. And this is, the kind of justice that we hope for in this world and hopefully in the world beyond death where we can see our enemies saved with us, you know, walking in the presence of God.
1: And and that's true hope, to hope that those who hurt you will be saved. But it's a process getting there because we're human, you know. And the Greek word for offense is scandalon, which is really the, it's the bait of the trap that grabs the person, the bird or whatever, you know, and we take the bait every time. And, and, and for us, the bait is, is justice. God, you have to make it right and straighten them out. And as long as I hold on to that, I can't, I'm frozen in time. I can't move forward in hope. And that's why hope is such a powerful thing that says, I not only have hope for myself, but I have hope for that person that God will transform their heart someday.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lou. Um, Again, I just look forward to hearing. I know that God is not finished revealing His Word to you, uh, but we have much expectation of what He's going to accomplish at this conference. So we will see you very soon. I hope you have been encouraged by Lou's outlook on hope. Like he mentioned, God is always there. Even on days when you feel hopeless, He's there. You can lean into His presence. Spend time in prayer and let the Word of God renew your hope. If you want a boost to your hope and need to draw closer to Jesus, I invite you to visit our website, rfwma.org, and learn more about the Greater Purpose Conference that is coming up. And if your schedule does not allow you to travel, you can sign up for the digital conference and enjoy it in the comfort of your home on your computer or phone. Again, the website is rfwma.org. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives, change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love. Or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org,
1: and find out how to get involved.